1: Just like any other drug, I think pain could be addicting. And it's so hard to get out of that because you're so used to living in that dark for so long that once you see the light, you're like, Oh, my eyes hurt. I don't want to do this. So you go back into the darkness and it's just going past that pain.
0: everyone, it's so great to be back with you and I can't wait to introduce you to my next guest. We've been trying to get our schedules to align for so long. We finally made it happen and I'm so excited to speak with her. She's got an incredible, incredible series of things happening in her life and I'm excited for her to share them with you. Her name is Francia Raisa and she's an American actress and activist and she's currently starring in Freeform's wildly successful "Grownish." And has so many more exciting things coming as well. Francia, thank you so much for being here. Thanks
1: for having me. That was a great intro. <laughs> oh, thank you.
0: I appreciate that. Well, I was going to add that even though we've only met once before this, yeah. I've followed you on Instagram since. Yeah. You've made me laugh. Oh, You've thanks. moved me. You've made me feel that you're so involved in so many meaningful efforts. Yeah. Thank and you. so. Thank you, Instagram, (laughs) for for letting us connect more and and for keeping us connected. since Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You've been very active and it's great. I appreciate all the comments and stuff that you give back and same with you. I mean, all your stuff is super inspirational. I'm like, yes, I can do it. Let me get up. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, thank you. And you're, your, I think I said it on the day, like your 1 million celebration. Oh, God. So, Francis, yeah. if you haven't seen it, you have to go through her Instagram profile. You have to scroll back to when she hit a million and she did this dance to celebrate. Yeah. And it was so good. And
1: by the time we filmed, I'd already been dancing for two hours. I was so tired. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I'm not 14 anymore where I can just keep going. <laughs> Yeah, but it was. Oh, you fun. did. I you did. Made it happen.
0: Yeah, yeah you somehow. Retire.
1: Somehow. <laughs> you
0: didn't skip. You didn't skip anything. It yeah. Crazy. <laughs> no, you're awesome, and and I'm so excited for you. I saw the article in Variety the other day. Yeah. This yeah. is incredible.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Um, I can't believe I didn't even know about the story. Um, just to kind of elaborate. Yes, on Yes, yes, um, yes. I want to hear all about it. Well, in uh, 1947. California became the first state to desegregate all schools, thanks to a Mexican American family, and people don't really know about that unless you know you study Chicano studies or really look into our history. And um, Brown versus Board of Education is really the only piece of history that we know with desegregating schools. But actually, Thurgood Marshall used Mendes versus Westminster as a gateway for Brown versus Board of Education, and you know I, I found out about this st- story in January. And um, I brought it to Mandy TV, my producing partner, and uh, we were just on it and trying to get the family to come on board with us. And uh, they've had so many people approach them about a film and somehow they felt more comfortable with me than anyone else. So now we're here in the development stages and I'm very, very excited to finally like bring this story to light.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. How did you find the story?
1: My boyfriend, actually. Oh, Yeah, wow. so um, I've been wanting to produce for a long time. I've been doing this business for 13 years now, and I just kind of wanted to do more than just acting. And Mandy's always been pushing me to uh, produce as well. I Her husband is actually my manager. And so um, my boyfriend's super supportive, and um, I've been looking for stuff, looking for stuff, and he came across it somehow, and he's like, did you know this? And I was like, no. And so I started looking more into it and reading about it. I brought it to Mandy. She goes, how does any, no one know this? And I got rejected from school when I was five years old for not being able to speak English. So that was against my rights as a citizen. So, you know, we contacted Sylvia Mendez, who actually was awarded the Medal of Freedom from Barack Obama and uh, contacted her, went to see her and had probably a two, three hour conversation with her. And she immediately said, no, I don't want to give away my rights. And I was like, okay, listen, it's more than just making a movie. I know that education is very important to you. I'm upset that I didn't learn about this in school. And I want this to be a part of our school curriculum. And the best way to do that is through Hollywood. I was like, it has to be told. I told her about my getting rejected from school, which she was shocked about because I was in the 90s and this case happened in the 40s. I didn't know this, but later on I found out that she went to her sister's house and said, I have a feeling about her. I think this might be the right move. And it was just a gut feeling. Met the whole family. And then um, we about a few few months ago, we got them to sign paperwork. And now we're partners. That's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I love the
0: synchronicity of that story. Yeah. It gives me so much. It gives me so much faith in entertainment and its role in shifting culture. Right. And telling stories. Because the way that all came together, like, your boyfriend, the family, yeah. they trusted you. And, and that's huge. Yeah, and that's massive for them to be turning that down. But for you to also have had that experience yourself.
1: Right. And that's one thing that my mom was always so upset about. She goes, name the school, which I won't now, but it, it's not worth it. But I was telling my mom, I was like, it's so funny. At five years old, this happened to me. Who knew that that rejection would lead to this opportunity?
0: Amazing. Yeah.
1: Years later. I mean, Absolutely. you just never know.
0: Absolutely. And what a beautiful connection. That yeah. that's pr- Do you reckon that's the reason that the family felt like that was one of the reasons
1: i think it was part of that um us latinos we're very big about gut feeling Mm. and um one thing that they said they're like you can't really translate it they said we just had a presentimiento which means intuition and i think just in conversing with her and you know growing up in this industry being very passionate about my culture and really wanting this to be a part of our education i think is what really drove them to be like okay
0: I love that. Where does that Latino gut intuition come from? Like, where? When did you start saying that to yourself? When did that start being a way you made decisions in your life?
1: Uh, when my mother knew things about me that there was no way she would have known about, <laughs> and, unless it was that like gut intuition. Yeah. I'm like, Mom, how do you know this? She goes, I just know. <laughs> I like it's just the weirdest intuition that women
0: develop. Can you tell us one of those examples? Do you remember any of the gut know. <laughs>
1: I mean, this might be TMI. This might be, this is really TMI. But it's one of those things where like, nothing happened. I saw my mom one day. I went to visit her at a restaurant and she goes, you lost your virginity yesterday. And I was like, how do you know that? <laughs> like, it was one of like, that's wow. how crazy it is. Like, she, there's no way she would have known. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. But she just knew. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's the best example you could have given us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> CMI. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, wow. And I and I love how true that is for you because even your role in Grownish mm-hmm. is like challenging typecasts, right? It's like challenging so, typecasts, as in like you're you're challenging how uh, ethnicity and oh, backgrounds are presented.
1: I think it is in any role, period. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I think before when I was first starting in this industry, I was just so desperate to work. I was like, I'll do anything. Mm-hmm. And now I'm more so standing up for right. my culture um, and just my characters and, you know, saying, ah, I don't feel comfortable saying that. Or, ah, this is a bit stereotypical. I'm, mm, it's, that's what I meant, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think with, it's with every role. Right. And just even myself, there was a, a line. We're shooting season two right now. And, um, you know, I have a scene with someone where we're talking about relationships and he's saying, you know girls get crazy, whatever. And my line was, well, girls only get crazy because, and I went to the producers and I said, you know what? I don't feel comfortable saying that because I'm I'm almost condoning the fact that girls go crazy. Mm. So they were very open to that. And, and, you know, I was able to say quote unquote, whatever, but you know, stuff like that. I'm very much about standing up for any sort of body shaming. I won't talk about. I'm just more open and like really standing up for my uh, own personal beliefs that will uh, coincide with the characters.
0: That's amazing. When did you, when do you feel or what made you feel confident to even have that conversation? Because from conversations I've had with artists and actors before, yeah. it's very much like, well, that's the script. And it's right. not really something that shifts much. Right. So how, when did you develop that confidence or have you always had it? And where's it come from? And
1: I think one turning 30 it. really made me be like, God, I don't care as much. But two, honestly, it's the Me Too movement Mm. because once these stories started coming out, I realized that a lot of things that I wasn't okay with but I was quiet about were actually not okay. Mm. So because women started speaking out about their experiences and even men, too, were speaking out on this stuff and the time's up, I just started being more comfortable being verbal, especially Mm. because now people do get in trouble for it. So, yeah. um, and people are very open-minded. Um, a lot of, are, I work with the best writers and producers and stuff. So um, it's just a conversation. I And you hear this growing up, but it doesn't really hit you until you're older, I guess, or something happens where like, the worst thing they can say is no.
0: Mm.
1: That's, yeah. So might as well try. Or you're just going to regret and be like, what if I should have, I should have. And I hate saying I should have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, but, but I do, I, I really... I recognize and value that so much. I admire it so much because I think I I always said that if we don't see the culture of media shift, then we can't expect in real life. I remember when you started to see more LGBTQ representation in media, then people feel like they can be themselves.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know,
0: off screen and offline. Yeah. And and I feel like the fact that you're doing that, like that makes me so happy. Yeah. Like it's such a huge thing to do. And whether that's you representing your background, your walk of life, your philosophy, your ideologies, whatever it is, yeah. I think it's such an important stance. So I just want to recognize you for that. And, I appreciate and that. And applaud Thank you for that. Thank you. I think it's hopefully going to give anyone who's listening, like, more upcoming artists also, yeah. the feeling... To the
1: freedom to do so. Freedom, and yes. there's a way to go about it. Just do it yeah. with grace. Have a conversation about it. Like I, you know, I don't come with an attitude. I'm not yelling. Mm. Um, I try to sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it slips, But yeah, you just got to have a conversation be like, this is where I'm coming from with it. Just with any relationship, communication is key. You got to mm. be the change. So, you know, just talk about it.
0: Where did you get this amazing attitude? I love it because that's what I've been experiencing on Instagram. And I'm like, every time you post something, I'll be like, oh my God, Francie is so like evolved.
1: Just, <laughs> yeah,
0: in a, No, in a, in a good way. Like you just have this awesome energy about yeah, it. I appreciate it. And I was just it. like, where, where do you get it from? Where, where does it come from?
1: Honestly, lots of therapy and <laughs> church. A lot of church. Yeah. Nice. I've been actively going to church for a while now, but I, I think in two thousand when did, 2000, what year are we in? 16? 2018. <laughs> <laughs> 16, 15, I was going consistently every Sunday and just really soul-searching and having conversation, just really understanding things a lot differently than the way I was seeing them.
0: That's beautiful. And that was not something that you did since you were young. It was something that came later on.
1: Yeah, I came later on. When I was younger, I mean, I went through, as many people have, a lot of trauma uh, growing up. And I was just angry and I was going through a lot of pain. I was just so confused. And I started working at 17 years old. So I went from being a senior in high school to Mm -hmm. filling out W-2s, not understanding what I was filling out. And at the time I was uh, dating someone that was 19 years older than me. So I was just so confused about life and just lost. And um, I didn't actually get received therapy from that relationship till about I mean, almost eight years later, Mm -hmm. where I actually realized what kind of trauma I had gone through, what kind of um, verbal abuse I had gone through, and uh, just really had to grow up. Because it came to a point where I was just so depressed, and I could not get out of my closet. Like, that's where I would pray and just cry was my closet, and I just could not leave. And I was like, I can't live like this anymore. So, you know, my pastor came into my life. who's like my big brother now. My acting coach was said, I won't coach you unless you go to therapy. Wow. And so I was really forced by my loved ones to seek help. And uh, here I am a few years later. But I, w- I, I needed it and I wanted it. And it, mm-hmm. I've learned that it's really a choice. Like people can tell you things or you can give advice, but if they're not ready to hear it, like there's no point to it. Yeah. And I was just at that point where I was ready.
0: It's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's such a, such a beautiful message also for loved ones to hear that. Yeah. That they have to do or play their role. Yeah. Like what you just said, your acting coach wouldn't work with you if you didn't. Yeah, And just playing that role. But then you're still saying it's your responsibility. It's your choice.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, you get, they got to play their role, but also be patient with you when, mm-hmm. you know, you reject it and or accept it. Because, I mean, just like any other drug, I think pain could be addicting. And it's so hard to get out of that because you're so used to living in that dark for so long that once you see the light, you're like, oh, my eyes hurt. I don't want to do this. So you go back into the darkness. Yeah. And it's, it's going past that pain, past like that addiction.
0: Yeah, it's like being in bed and trying to wake up. It's so easy to just stay under your covers yeah. you make excuses. Yeah, like, and make excuses. Like, I'll work out
1: tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. That's yeah, Self pity is so addictive.
1: Very addictive. Yeah, yeah very, very addictive.
0: addictive. That's amazing. It's nice to see how different people find different things that create that. But but the therapy and church seem to be popular. Yeah, some some sort of something spiritual and something therapeutic that yeah. helps you talk it through.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Are you are you now providing? Are you, are you someone who is a helper amongst your friends too? And like. Guiding them through their challenges, and
1: sometimes it depends on the situation. Mm. Um, if they look for it and want to have a conversation, for sure. I mean, we have my friends. I have different group of friends. We have group chats going on, and if they come to me, then for sure I'm I'm there. But sometimes it's like you got to wait to see if they're ready, or if there's a point where I'm like, ah need to have a conversation, what's going on with you, then I will. But it just yeah. really depends. You don't want to force it on anyone either. I didn't like it when people forced it on me. Mm-hmm. So I don't do that. I'm really big about if I don't like something, I'm not going to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that you have to give people that freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if it doesn't feel like your choice, you're never going to follow up.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I read somewhere that you're talking about the child of an immigrant work ethic. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about that? Like, what? Just say what. No, just like, what how, What do you mean by that? Because I think like that theme is kind of coming out a lot more in media now. A lot of people are like, I'm a child of an immigrant. It mm-hmm. comes the set work ethic. It's impacting my success. How has it impacted yours?
1: Well, let's see. When President Trump came into office, just like many people, I was very angry. Um, especially because while he was running, um, he talked about my family. And I say my family because I am Mexican and Hondureña. And we consider each other family, um, as aliens, as rapists, as murderers, and all this stuff. And I've always been proud of being a first-generation American and um, speaking Spanish growing up. I'm bilingual. And then um, that was tested when he started running. And so I started being more active and outspoken about how proud I am of our culture. And um, my father actually was born and raised in Honduras, came out here when he was probably in his 20s after both his parents died and uh, doesn't speak a lick of English to this day. Someone told him when he landed, um, if you want to make it in Hollywood, you have to learn English or you're never going to make it. And he said, watch me. And in 2014, he got a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame and still does not speak English. He's um, been very successful in his career. um, And I think his work ethic and the fact that I had hope and what can happen living right next to me is what's really made me be like, no, we're not aliens. We're not murderers. Like my father helped change the world a bit. And that he's, he's a Latin man who doesn't speak English. What are you talking about? So I think that's where that comes about and my passion for it. And, you know, again, there's other people that are first generation.
0: What an incredible role model to have right next to you. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. How does that, how, how is that, how has that had pressure or has it just has positives? Uh,
1: there's been a bit of both. I, I, I mean, there's no positive without pressure, I yeah. think. Okay, yeah. Okay, nice. Yes. I like that. Yeah. So growing up, there was a bit of pressure, I guess. Um, I didn't understand it growing up because my father was famous. And I, again, I, I didn't know him walking down the street and people asking for photos. I didn't understand it because to me, it's just my dad. And yeah. I remember being like, dad, we go out today. You're not allowed to take pictures. And you're not allowed to meet people. And if he did, I would cry and be like, you promised me not understanding. And then it just felt a little pressure because I had to hold up this persona because I'm Kukui's daughter and I didn't understand what that meant. And then when I chose to be a part of this industry, kind of living up to his name a little bit, because he's a huge activist mm-hmm. and I think that's why he got the star um when his ratings were really great in the Latin market, but also he's you know, started a nonprofit. And, you know, when the earthquake in uh, El Salvador happened, he built homes and he built churches and he built schools and he went to Nigeria. He, he's, he's huge um, in philanthropy. So, wow. yeah.
0: So now if you, seeing your success, if you were to ever have kids, I don't know if you want to have kids, but if you were to ever have kids, how would you, how would you do it with them with, with people wanting to take pictures with you and oh, God. reliving that? How would you, how would you manage that?
1: I don't know. I've never even thought about it that <laughs> Sorry, way. Sorry, I'm,
0: I'm like, no, you, no you're Whatever. fine. because yeah. yeah,
1: Obviously it is a thought. Like ever since I turned 30, I was like, okay. Cause yeah. my mom brought it up. She goes, I do want to know what it's like to have grandkids with <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's just having to explain it. Yeah. 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 I don't know.
0: a Your kid's going to be born with a million followers already. And <laughs> and that's like the new thing, right? Like, yeah. I see it with so many people. Like the child's born and they have a million Instagram followers. and then I know. It just goes up. And
1: they yeah. make money. Yeah. And they don't even understand. Absolutely. Like, it's crazy no to me. They're
0: advertising like the latest sneakers or whatever.
1: Yeah, I know. Exactly. I'm one it's of those cute. people. Part of it's cute. Yeah, yeah. it's really cute. Yeah. Gosh, that's a good question. I don't even know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'll, no. I'll your you mom know.
0: asked me to ask you, so. around. <laughs> 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 Yeah, no, it's it's definitely something that I think about a lot as well. It's just, you know, the culture that, yeah. not just that, but the culture that we all grew up in. It was different for me growing up in London. Yeah, And, you know, I, I remember like my parents would never get me a pair of Nike trainers, like sneakers, sorry, because it was just like, no, you can't have those. Like we can't afford them, whatever it was. And then I remember getting my first pair. And then now I'm in a very different world. Yeah. And you just wonder how different things impact. And even hearing your story yeah. of of the background and culture you've grown in. I'm always just fascinated by how people get their incredible ideologies.
1: Yeah. I remember that too, where we couldn't afford anything. And then my dad took me to Toys R Us one time and said, get whatever you want. And I was like, what? I don't, you're not limiting me to like one toy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, hopefully when I have kids, I don't, I can provide, but I think, yeah, it's having a conversation. I don't think they ever really talked to me about what he did and mm. help me understand it. It was just like this is what he what he does and right. that's what it is what it is. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That would yeah. be a hard conversation.
1: I don't think they yeah. understood cuz the Hollywood mm. wasn't like a thing. I mean, growing up in Honduras and Mexico was just a dream, but I grew up with it over the hill. Mm. And uh, so I think it's just have a, having a conversation My parents weren't very open right. With having conversations with us They were very like conservative And old school and stuff I mean, right. I remember when I asked my mom What a virgin was She goes, it means um, when you're not married right. And when you're not a virgin, you're married And that was it That's how I found out about sex That's wow. what it was
0: Wow just,
1: Yeah, so they were they were, didn't talk to me much
0: And then and then she told you you were married
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know
0: Wow, okay, right, Yeah. yeah, yeah That's interesting, that's awesome I was I everyone everyone who is listening right now Francia learns all her lines the day before I shoot like I'm so impressed right now yeah you have an epic memory
1: yeah you just told on me to production it's okay because I was (laughs) oh yeah oh
0: sorry oh yes no
1: no it's fine it's fine yeah no it's fine because you know as long as I am prepared when we Mm -hmm. um run lines and when we're shooting it's fine but that's the best way that I learn like I can't do it too many times before mm. because then you over-rehearse and there is such thing as over-rehearsing and then you're more in your head and it's not as organic I mean like you and I are having a conversation right now I mean if this were a scene I would have learned it right before because I want to actually listen to your dialogue and if I over-rehearse I'll know your dialogue then I'm not hearing you and then I won't react organically
0: mm. well wow. yeah. have you have you as your style evolved has your workflow evolved as you've been what, what's been, like, the newest lesson that you've learned in your space?
1: Um, probably, like, what I just talked about is right. listening. Right. Really, really listening. Um, improvisation a little bit because it's my first time on a comedy. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of give us wiggle room to ad-lib or improvise. And I don't think I've really gotten much of that before. Right. So it's really made me stand up and, like, listen and be on my toes and come up with something clever, yeah. which that's actually really hard. So SNL people... You guys.
0: Do you think you become funnier in the process?
1: I hope so. Yeah. I really hope so.
0: (laughs) What is your I get some laughs? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. definitely. You
1: we listen for that. Um, because if village, uh Video Village is where the producers and the writers sit, if we don't hear them laughing, we're like, Am I not funny? Oh no. And when we hear them laugh, even though sound hates it, we're like, no, it makes us feel good.
0: What's that pressure like though? It's like because that's I guess very different to having your lines, doing your script here. You've got that room. Right. It's like, how does that feel like trying to wait for laughs, et cetera? It's uh, like a stand up comedian. And then
1: I know, right? Um, it's better now because we're all family. We, this is the second year that we've been working together. And yeah. I think I put more pressure on myself than anyone did because mm-hmm. I was so used to drama mm-hmm. and I can cry on cue. But, you know, comedic timing is crazy and it's a real thing. So I was just putting a lot of pressure on myself. But I've chilled out a lot this season and just kind of let it happen. Nice. Yeah.
0: Nice. I'm going to be looking out for now those moments where I'm like, yeah. And that's Francia being comedic mm-hmm. and having those moments. When I, when I see your work and I and I follow you on in Insta, etc., as I was saying earlier, you seem like someone who really values your physical and your mental health.
1: Yeah.
0: Like someone who really prioritizes it. At, at least I feel that way. Yeah. And what kind of rituals or setups have you put into place that have helped you do that with a stressful career, with a pressurized lifestyle, with crazy travel plans, as we were discussing earlier? Yeah. What's become like priorities for you to make sure that both of those Work well.
1: Church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I have to, even if I'm traveling, I've been bad about going physically, um, because of work and mm. I'm tired, but they thankfully, um, will stream it online. So nice. I'll watch it online, even if I hear it in the background. So that's been very important to me and very helpful. Um, journaling. I'm big about journaling and I try to find time either in between takes or in the mornings. Um, it's been harder in the mornings, but my ritual was, is, um, waking up, making my coffee, um, going outside to journal and then i go to the gym uh, or yoga or something and lately i've just been getting some friends to do yoga with me i'm trying to get your wife to do it with me
0: do it yeah she would love that yeah hot yoga oh my god I hate yeah, it. yeah we Push just it. talked about it yeah please that'd yeah. be amazing yeah so it's yeah. like
1: i i just need that stress reliever
0: did you find any subscriptions you forgot about or any you paid for twice and didn't realize it I personally experienced this where I received an email that said I paid for a subscription for an app I'm not even using anymore. Did you know nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had only about 5 subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for 8 subscriptions each month. Between streaming services, fitness apps, and delivery services, it's never-ending. Thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. And I love that I have full control over all my subscriptions and I can see it in one place. So if I see something I don't want anymore, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com forward slash J. That's rocketmoney.com forward slash J. rocketmoney.com forward slash J. To see more, visit cvshealth.com forward slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Whenever I travel, I feel like I become a new person. Like that time I explored the bustling streets of New York I felt like I became Curious Jay, immersing myself in the vibrant culture and sampling exotic street food. And then there was that trip to the mountains where I transformed into Adventurous Jay, conquering hiking trails and embracing the breathtaking scenery. And let me tell you, Booking.com has been my go-to for all my adventures. Whether I'm exploring the bustling streets of New York or venturing into the serene mountains, Booking.com has a wide variety of options offering accommodations all across the U.S. and all around the world that suit every kind of traveler. So when you're ready to plan your next trip and discover new sides of yourself, remember to book with Booking.com. Whether you're craving adventure in a cabin, a bit of luxury in a fancy hotel, some quality family time in a vacation rental, or just some chill vibes at a beachside resort, Booking.com has you covered. Ready to book your next adventure? Book whoever you want to be on booking.com, booking.yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And your journaling, was there a specific process that you did, or was it just letting all your thoughts from the day before, or what's that kind of taken, or is it just very open and random and spontaneous?
1: Uh, it could be random and spontaneous, but my journaling are my prayers, because oh. I'm very bad about, you know, being like, dear God. So I just write it and I write, what I do is I write letters to God. I love and, that. And then whatever flows,
0: flows. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Ever going to print it as a book? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> These are personal.
1: Yeah, it's very personal. personal. I know people have approached me about that. But yeah, they're yeah. super personal. I think especially in this business, there's a lot of pressure to like
0: mm.
1: be public about things. Mm. Um, So that stuff like that, I think is good to keep private, which is so weird to me because it does. It wasn't a thing until social media came about because okay. before it was like, you know, keep your stuff private. Dah, dah, dah. Now it's like you get paid to be more open about your life. Yes. And, you know, I think some people can tend to go crazy because you share too much Mm. you know just like when you're little if you share too much gossip it comes back to you so I can't even imagine being in the public light with some of these relationships and breakups I mean it's breakups especially because it's our you already have to deal with the breakup and then deal with people's opinions on top of that it's just it's it's a lot
0: totally totally and sometimes I feel like vulnerability is mistaken for telling everyone everything yeah and it's almost like I don't know how you feel about that that's how I feel like vulnerability to me doesn't mean telling everyone everything.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't. Because I just
0: don't think that that's going to be helpful to you or to everyone. Right. It's not useful.
1: Yeah, to me, vulnerability is just being transparent um, Mm. in what you feel comfortable in. Like, I'm being vulnerable right now and having Mm -hmm. this conversation, but I'm not telling you everything about my life. You know, you don't
0: have to be... (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, no, I feel you're being transparent too. I feel like you're sharing. But yeah, it's relationships develop in layers. and yeah. And you kind of move forward with people. And, yeah. And naturally, your inner circle knows you better, et cetera. And trying to get everyone to understand you at the same level actually doesn't make sense. No,
1: it, yeah. especially at the speed that most people want to do it in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's like that, isn't it? It's like, I want to get to know you straight away now.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, chill out, bro. <laughs> chill. And yes, you know, I have people for, I have friends that I've known for many years, like our mutual friend. Mm-hmm. I call him Rez.
0: Yeah, Rez. Shout out to Rez.
1: What's up, Rez? And Look at that. what you did yeah exactly Um, and montana (laughs) so uh yeah i've known him since we were 14 years old but now it's like we're at a point where we know each other so well Mm. but it wasn't because we you know started sharing each other's secrets right away we actually weren't friends in high school and he hates that i talk about that but i think it's really cool that you know we actually weren't friends in high school we developed a relationship afterwards and now we're here where we just like in intuition we just know each other
0: yeah Yeah, it's beautiful. And that's such a nice message to everyone listening. Yeah. And it's okay if it takes time to become friends with people.
1: Friends, relationships, Relationships, everything. everything. There's no rush. There's absolutely no rush, especially relationships. I know people are like, after the first date, what is this? Yeah, And I was one of those girls, like very much about what is this? Where is this going? I just don't want to waste my time. And I I understand that, but it's okay to be friends first. I think those are the Mm. best relationships.
0: Yeah, I've been saying to a lot of people as well that just everything is so much more gray Yeah. Rather than black and white. Like it's like this or that. Yeah. We're we're much like all in or nothing. Yeah. Or it's like, okay, what's happening? or It's not happening. Yeah. It's almost like, well, actually things are so much more gray. Yeah. And you allow it to develop organically and naturally rather than rushing in or rushing out. Yeah. And, but it takes time and it takes like. Time. Time.
1: Yeah. And energy,
0: like real amounts of energy and connection, which, which I feel like we just feel like we have less and less time.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, well. Yeah, that's
0: true. Which is true. Which we were trying to figure out. We were like trying to schedule a dinner.
1: I know. And then we we're both like maybe
0: 2019.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know.
0: We'll try and make it happen. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. You got to meet my boyfriend. Yeah, I really want to. Yeah. Tell me why you think we'll get along.
1: Uh, I think on a spiritual conversation, you guys will get along. He's very much about uh, meditation as well. So I feel Amazing. like you guys will yeah get along that way. And just, I just have a feeling. Okay. Yeah. Nice. You, get along. you have the gut yeah. intuition. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, no, I need to talk to you about your prayers, too. I'm I, I'm a huge fan of prayer. I, oh, think, good. I think prayer is probably one of the most beautiful things. And I remember when I first started praying, mm-hmm. and this is beautiful talking about it with you. I didn't even plan this. But when I first started praying, I'd always be like, I don't know what to say.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then now that prayer has become so much more natural in a conversation, yeah. it's almost like you feel inspired to pray. Right. Like The prayers are coming through you and to you as opposed to... Right. You having to think about what to say, or saying the same thing every day. I don't right. know. If, does that sound similar to your experience, or what's yours like?
1: So when I first started praying, and I'm going to share this because I don't know if this will speak to someone. Um, obviously, I was like just sitting there. I'm like I'm talking to myself. I don't know what. So I started journaling, and those were my letters to God. But it came to a point where I felt disconnected, and I was like, I don't hear God the way that I used to, or I don't feel things the way I used to, and I'm having a harder time. And I was really discouraged, really frustrated. And this happened earlier this year, and I was going to my pastor. And I'm like, I, I, I come to church, but I feel so disconnected. I remember I, during worship, I would cry because I would feel it. And now it's just very, like, blank to me. And one thing he said to me was, you're not praying the way that you used to. When you used to pray, when you first started, you were in a broken place. So of course you heard God differently because you it was a broken person seeking that. But now that you have Christ in you— it's just in you. You're not going to hear him the same way because you're already you're acting Christ-like, which is what we are taught in church is to be more Christ-like. So when you're more Christ-like, it's not that you're disconnected. You're just living and walking in what you know Christ wants you to be right. walking in. So it's it's definitely been different now because now it's like you know I, I hear about the fires. And I'm like, dear God, please with with these fires. I was like praying for rain, like yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just more of a conversation. Whether it's in my car, in the shower, just like. You and I are talking right now. It's not so much like, okay, I got a journal. I'm going to be quiet and listen to worship or sometimes even just listening to music. Worship music is my form of praying. And it's just a conversation and just the way I'm acting or the decisions that I make and how I um, handle certain situations is my form of being more Christ-like and handling prayer.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. And I love that acceptance also of we do change the yeah. way we communicate. Yeah. Just like we do in our relationship. Yeah, It's exactly. the same thing. It's not like, oh, because it was good then yeah it's like that same feeling has to happen yeah
1: exactly and, and that I, that's hard to accept because i was like i am yeah. not as connected anymore what's yeah. going on i go going to church but it's just i'm not so broken anymore where i hear it the same that's yes. the, that's the difference and that's where you know you can either try to go back to being in that dark place so you can hear it the same way or you just kind of accept the new chapter that you're kind of enduring which is what we work so hard towards
0: mm. yeah you've just opened up a, a new thought for me it's it's so often that we actually recreate more drama to feel that brokenness mm-hmm. again because that makes us feel connected. Yeah.
1: It's as, addictive.
0: Yes. It's addictive. Again, yeah. yeah. So we can absolutely. have something
1: going on or wrong with us. Like,
0: yeah.
1: I'm like, oh, I'm not crying in therapy as much as I used to. Let me try to make something up. <laughs> or my boyfriend and I are getting along. That's a that's weird. Let me start a fight.
0: <laughs> I hope you're not going to do that. No no no, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. No, I've been right, good. Yeah. I mean,
1: if anything, I'm yeah. like more open, like. Hey, I've been snappy lately. I'm sorry. I don't yes. know why. I don't know what's going on.
0: Yeah. No, we do the same. I, I always do that. I, I, I think I apologize to my wife like all the time. Yeah. I'm so much more aware now mm-hmm. of the way I'm behaving. Yeah. So it's so much more easier to catch myself yeah. behaving in a way I don't like or mm-hmm. being distracted or whatever it may be. Yeah. And just being like, I'm sorry I'm doing that. Yeah. And please forgive me because I'm going to do that when... Or, or just being aware and actually being able to inform the other person of why you're behaving that right. way. Like, oh, I'm trying to do this right now. Yeah. And that means, I don't know. Yeah.
1: No, the same. I mean, I've been more aware and I'm like, I'm sorry. And and recognizing it before. And before I used to be like, it's your fault because you didn't put the toilet seat down. So it's making me react this way, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So now I'm more like communicat- uh, communicative. Is that how you say it? Communicative. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Put the toilet seat down, gents.
1: Put <laughs> make, the toilet seat down.
0: Yeah, make it easy. <laughs> make it easy for yourself. There are easy things like that in relationships though. Yeah. And that's what I think. It's like, I always found, like me and my wife, by far the the best and the easiest, and the most amazing relationship I've ever been in. Obviously, that's where we got married. But the interesting thing about it is that I feel like, I never wanted to be in a relationship where we just argued over the dumb stuff. Yeah. Or the small stuff. Yeah. Because I felt like that was the easy stuff that we really should change, adapt, clear. Like, make make it easy on yourself. Yeah. Because relationships as you grow gets harder in different ways.
1: So many different ways. I think yeah. it wasn't... I thought it was good. I was like, I'm great. I'm Because I was... Um, celibate. And for like a year and a half, I wouldn't date. And I was like, you know, let me just focus on myself and grow because there's no way I can keep a relationship right. So after a year and a half, I met him and I still wasn't even ready to date, but he came in my life and I was like, you know what? I can handle this because I'm so good. And then realizing, oh, you're still a shitty person in some capacity because even though I'm good, I'm selfish now. So now I have to learn to not be selfish and communicate and, you know, Compromise, which is like the biggest thing is compromising.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is that bad? Mm. And we're back.
1: Yes, we're back.
0: After that technical difficulty of some roof work going on. Yeah. I think. But no, we were, we were so, and I love, I love where we were because we're talking about relationships. Yeah. And so much of my audience is watching a lot of my videos, which are about relationships. I'm fascinated by them because I had so many failed relationships previously. Same. To my marriage. Same. Oh, good. Okay. So we're on the same wavelength. And I failed so many times. I made so many mistakes. I got so many things wrong. And I wanted to help people, whoever wanted to be, to avoid those same mistakes right. and allow me to explore content around relationships, because I really do feel it takes up such a big part of our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and we were both talking about ours. So we were diving into just awareness on when you walk into a relationship, someone's at a certain level, someone's at a different level. Yeah. And how sometimes some people have to be patient and wait. Yeah. 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 How have you how, Tell me when you've got it wrong and, and now when you're getting it right, when you're understanding yourself better versus right. when you didn't.
1: Well, I think when I first got into my relationship, I was still very selfish and very much about my ways. And I wasn't necessarily looking for a relationship. I hate saying this, but it does happen when you least expect it. So two, 2017, yes, was a crazy year for me. Um, I had just sold my home and I didn't I didn't have a home because I uh, was leaving to film the day I closed escrow. And so I didn't want to um, get into a new house and not even be there. So, uh, and I sold all my furniture. I just needed to get rid of everything. I had too many memories and energies that I didn't want. And it was just time for a change. And I, that probably was the best decision that I'd ever made. Like so many of those energies are just gone. Um, They're not a part with me. And and it just made a whole weight just lift off me. Very expensive, but also just also very healing for me. And so I moved in with one of my friends. Many of you know this story with my friend Selena. And, uh, you know, I was in that new search of myself. Had been going to church and therapy and, you know, clean slate. And then, you know, I went through a kidney transplant. And I booked Gronish um, a few weeks after the transplant. And so I was like, wow, life is definitely taking a turn just from me getting rid of that old energy. So it was just like a turn of events that happened. And, and I, I didn't even realize that there were certain choices that I had to make in order to jump into that new way of life that I wanted. And sometimes it was it's hard decisions like selling your home that I had lived in for eight years. And I kid you not, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning and God was like, you got to sell your house. And I had felt it months prior, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't listen. And then I was put in a position where like, I just had to. I remember having the worst anxiety and I was cringing. I couldn't sleep. I was crying. And it was the best decision I'd ever made, um, cleansing myself of all of that. And um, I met my boyfriend on set. He, I don't remember meeting him. He said he does, but he said he knew just from looking at my headshot. And he was like, who, who is that? And <laughs> I think some people were like, don't mess with an actress, <laughs> which whatever. But uh, I, yeah, he started talking to me pretty immediately on set. And I didn't really notice it because, I again, I just wasn't mentally there. I was just trying to do a good job. And I had so much stress on myself that no one else put me in of like being funny or just – even, um, you know, at the time I was 29 years old and I was playing 18. So I was like, I need to look young and I need to act young and everyone else is young. It was just like unnecessary pressure. I just put on myself and he just knew and um, it was like two weeks into filming. He had invited me to Catalina Island to celebrate his birthday and it was just me. And I was like, no, I don't know you. You might kill me. <laughs> and I was I there. It. Yeah. He was like, why not? And I'm like, I don't know you. I'm not about to get on a boat with you to go to some island. That's like weird. And I was really shocked because my sister, who never usually likes anyone, it was the one that pushed it. I went at lunch. I was just a brat. The minute I got there, I was like, I get seasick, just so you know. <laughs> And I was like, well, I'm here, but I don't want to be here just so you know. Like, I was just so mean, but he was just so, like, persistent about it. And we actually ended, ended up having a really good time. And then I ghosted him as much as I could because we were working together for, like, a no month. Way. I swear. <laughs> I ghosted him for a month. I would see him at work, and he was, like, trying to be sweet. Like, you're so beautiful. I'm like, stop talking to me. Like, I'm, <laughs> you're doing the most right now. And basically, like, we're a year in and we're good. Um but what I was talking about earlier is like he was somewhere where I just wasn't yet and I wanted to take my time. And I was so good about rushing into relationships and after the first date being like, what are we? I didn't understand casual dating, Yeah. Um, you know, kind of like they do on The Bachelor where they date multiple girls or guys at a time. I just didn't know how to do that. So if I went on a date with you, I'm like, OK, cool. So when's our next date? And if I went on a date with someone else, I think I did it one time where I was like dating a couple guys, and it just backfired on me. And I was like, I can't, I I don't understand how people do this, and it's yeah. okay. Like I don't get it. So with him, um, I just was like, all right, let me just take it really slow. We went to Catalina, but I'm just not there. He called me. He actually called, not text. He called, and I was like, what do you what do you want? Like, I'm not here right now. And um, he just kept pursuing, which is crazy because everything that I had wanted in a guy, he was doing and I was rejecting it Mm. because I wasn't used to it. I was so used to being ghosted or being hit up late at night. You up. (laughs) Or, you know, being a secret or just all the toxic things that you don't want. I was so used to that and he wasn't doing it. And so I was rejecting it and I didn't want it. And then it took about seven months for me to get to where we're at now, even though, like. I'd been posting about him sooner because I always knew that I wanted to be with him, but I just was still kind of hesitant because I w- I was just scared. And yeah. I, I learned that like, yeah, it's definitely a choice. It's definitely a choice to work through things with someone. And he chose every day to keep choosing me, even though I was acting like a brat.
0: But what was it more than the persistence? Because I'm sure people have been persistent with you before. And that's sometimes not enough. Or was that? It was,
1: he was just, it was just different. I just could not let him go for some reason. Like as much as I tried, I would still pick up his phone call or I would text him like, you haven't called me today. It was just different. I think also the fact that my sisters not having met him were so supportive of it. Also, Yara Shahidi, I blame her (laughs) Um, and her mother because they talked him up and they were like, you don't understand, he doesn't do this. I'm like, yes, he does. I'm an actress. He's in the crew. I'm sure there's plenty of other actors. like, no. And so- I think finding out that this was out of character for him was what made me be like, "Oh, you might be a little different," and this is how he got me to hang out with him um, after Catalina. After Catalina, he came up to me one day on set and said, "Can I come to church with you?" What am I say? No, no,
0: you know not have to come to church. <laughs> you can't
1: come to church. My space. So yeah, it, was, it, was smooth. it was smooth. Oh, nice. Yeah,
0: that's that's amazing. I can't wait to meet him now. Yeah, he's great. I love it. That's but and now if you read. Francis' messages—they're so about him on Instagram. They're so
1: Different. cute and
0: adorable, and
1: <laughs> uh, thanks. Yeah, it's <laughs> <nice. Yeah. laughs>
0: but it's no—it's nice to see. I just love. The, I'm so glad you shared that because I love how you didn't run into something, rush into something when you didn't feel ready. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, amazing props to him for actually waiting, sticking around, being patient, not yeah. rushing it. Yeah, and and then actually saying like, yeah, this is working for me. Right. Whereas today I find like, it's, I do see a lot of, okay, let's talk about this because you, you could say it from your perspective. I do see a lot of this today. A lot of guys are trying to do everything nicely and yeah. well and, and provide, you know, whatever, whatever they're trying yeah. to do. They're trying to like wine and dine and date and all the rest of it. But a lot of girls are like resisting.
1: Cause we're not used to it.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. So tell us a bit about that. Like, is that, if someone's in that same scenario, what signs should they be looking for?
1: As a female or as a male? As a female. As a female. You know, I think where I was, I was at a point where I was just tired of toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. And it was really necessary for me to take that break for a year and a half. Mm. So it was a choice. And if you're ready to break that cycle and, you, you know, you want a relationship and you don't understand why you're single and you don't understand what's not working, take a year. And which might sound like a long time, but it took me a year and a half. But take a year, take six months, whatever, just to yourself because unless you step away from whatever is keeping you in that darkness, you're never going to be able to see the light. So it's like, you know, your body, when you start eating healthy and you're so used to eating fast food, your body adjusts to eating fast food. But when you start going through a detox, you going through a lot of pain, your stomach hurts, you're releasing a lot of things. And then let's say you eat clean for about a month if you even touch a French fry, your stomach starts to hurt because you've cleansed it so much that you're not even used to that, you know, that toxic, uh, those toxic foods and and oils anymore. Your body's like rejecting it. So I think in life and period, you have to do that where you kind of have to step away and take that out of your your, um, vision. And so you can kind of clear your mind, be more about yourself. And then when you step back into it, you have more of a clearer vision of who you are and what you're looking for. Does that make sense? yeah,
0: it makes perfect sense, yeah, when are you writing a book? oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no genuinely. i'm not, I'm not yeah I'm not, I'm not messing like, yeah, it makes perfect sense, yeah, it makes perfect sense
1: It's the same with any sort of diet
0: mm yeah, and what what signs should guys be looking for if they're being really persistent, they really like a girl, they're really making the effort, but she's resisting and pushing back. What should they really be doing, and what signals should they be looking for?
1: um, I guess the signal with me. <laughs> I mean, that that's it's hard. I think really understanding where they are in life. The best thing you can do is be their friend.
0: Oh, that's awesome. It's it's beautiful to hear. I love it. And thank you for being so open and honest. I think yeah, yeah. it really helps the conversation.
1: I don't think I ever really have. I'm starting to more so this mm. year. Because I've just been through such crazy experiences. And I feel like people really… Need to learn it just like um, I value from it when I go to church because, you know, pastors, they pour their own life out as they're also teaching the Bible. Um, I think it's important for us, especially given the platform that I've been given to kind of speak out about it. And it really does make me feel good when, you know, girls come up to me or people comment on Instagram that like it really kind of helped their day a little bit. And I think that's what it's about at the end of the day is just kind of giving back and helping grow in this crazy little life.
0: (laughs) So it seems like relationships been an area where you've really learned a lot about yourself. Yeah, work has too, in terms of the incredible work that you're doing, which we spoke about earlier. Has there been any other area of your life that's exciting you, or something new that you're trying to learn right now, or something that's fascinating you that that hasn't been around before?
1: Like what? There's so many things.
0: Okay let's let's yeah. start. Let's start with activism. Let's start with okay. anything that you're being an activist for, something that you're standing up for, something that you're really passionate about. Right.
1: Right. Now. Um. Obviously, I'm super passionate about the Latino community right now, which is why I'm really excited to bring the Mendes story to to life. And then um, I wasn't so outspoken about, you know, my culture. I mean, I was always like, I'm Latina and I'm proud or whatever. But I've had some people come up to me being like, thank you for talking a lot more. And I was like, I got to be honest, I was just I just was scared before because, you know, I don't want to complain so much um, about being Latina and not being able to work because. You know, I've been very fortunate that I am Latina and I have been work, been able to work in Hollywood, and and it has been difficult. But I also wanted to praise the people that gave me an opportunity, and also I didn't want to complain without having a solution. Mm-hmm. Someone challenged me in that one day, like, okay, if you are complaining about this, what's your solution? So now um, I'm more open to talking about it, and I've because I've gone through. I guess, sort of a change within myself. I wasn't so angry anymore and I've learned to have a lot more grace in communicating and stuff like that. And obviously being a voice for those who don't have a voice, um, being a first generation um, uh, mexican under Honduran, American, uh, just kind of speaking up, up out about, you know, what we're kind of going through and how we do bring value into um, America as some people might think we, that we don't.
0: Yeah, and you, I'm sure you're getting a lot of positive feedback and support.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's been crazy. It's been really amazing. Um, The the feedback, the support, how, you know, a lot of other fellow Latinos are like, thank you for finally speaking up, which I'm glad that I waited because I'll I'll talk about this. And it it, it coincides with that. My kidney donation, for example, Uh, many people have been have told me, why don't you speak more about that? Why aren't you an activist on organ donation? And to me, my response is it's something that I personally went through. It was a personal choice. Um, It just happened to be very public because of who I gave it to. But um, I want to be able to talk about it when I'm ready. And I don't want to feel forced just because I have a platform, because then what I'm saying is not genuine. It's not sincere. And it's still a lifestyle that I'm adjusting to. Also, again, it was a personal choice. And I understand my platform, but I still need to personally understand why I made that choice and how I feel about it and kind of educate myself more before going out and talking about it. And there's just so much pressure put on celebrities where it's like, well, you've done this and you've gone through that. So you need to talk about it. It's like, no, we, I I don't, I really don't. I mean, I I will at some point, but in my own time, when I have the right words and it sounds genuine and not like I'm a robot and someone was feeding me these lines and because people can tell especially nowadays with social media and stuff, it's just so easy to tell what's fake and what's real and what's paid and what's not paid.
0: That is such a great lesson. Yeah. Like what you just shared is such a great lesson. Like just A, about being ready Mm -hmm. and B, about having the right words. It's not just a broadcast. It's not like a tweet. It's not just a message of like, yeah, this is what I'm doing right now. Because if you've been able to process it, learn from it, reflect on it, think about like what you said, like you were just adjusting to a new lifestyle. Yeah. And so when you're transitioning, it's very hard to articulate how you feel. Yeah, exactly. To explain how you feel. And
1: so many people are being forced to just talk about it.
0: And because it popularity, et cetera, and just breaks you through and people start talking about you a bit more. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah. And same with, you know, growing up a Latina and now working in Hollywood. Like I, I didn't understand. I needed the right words. I hadn't gone through enough struggle to really understand until, you know, recently because, you know, my dad, to help me understand that I can do it, you know, yeah. and most people don't have the advantage. So I needed to go through my own Hollywood experience to be able to sit here and be like, all right, here's the deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, I think everyone listening, that's like a huge, huge takeaway. Yeah. I mean, there's been so many takeaways from already from our conversation, but that's a huge one just about being ready Going through the process, doing the work, going through the journey. It's
1: not easy. Doing the work is probably the hardest part. Mm. It's the hardest part. Like, you know, being in college, studying for the final, it's the hardest part is studying. And then once you're done, it's like,
0: okay. Yeah. 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 And then then comes life.
1: And then comes life. Yeah. And then comes other things. And then comes other challenges. And one thing my therapist said, and she keeps repeating it to me until it finally Mm. hit me, was nothing in life is fair. Nothing in life is logical. The minute you understand that and accept it, you'll understand freedom.
0: Mm. And it's very true. Absolutely. Do you want to unpack that a bit? It makes sense as it is, but let's unpack it. Okay. Yeah. Well, what did you get from it? So, no, I love it. I absolutely love it. I think I say something similar to myself. But if we take that nothing in life is Mm fair… A lot of people take that as negative. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of people hear that and go, Oh, well, if life's not fair, then life's not gonna do anything for me. I'm not even gonna try because life's not fair, right? Mm -hmm. Because that makes me, that makes some people, not me, makes people feel like hopeless and helpless and like, Oh, well, life's not fair. Even if I work hard, nothing's gonna happen because life's not fair. So, I'm just gonna sit in bed all day. Mm -hmm. So, let's unpack it from that. Like, how do we, how do you understand it in a way that doesn't give you that feeling?
1: Well, I'll speak as an actress. Nothing in life is fair. Sometimes a person will get a job that I was up for. And I know I work way harder than that person. And I know that I put more time into studying and this person just got a DUI the other day. But because they have more followers, they got the job. That's not fair. Mm. And so what I've had to learn that is, yeah, it's not fair. But that also wasn't the job for me. Mm-hmm. That's the door that wasn't supposed to be open. Mm-hmm. Another door was supposed to be open. For example, I was on a show. Um And I got recast. And I was like, the hell? That's never happened to me. It was like, I just got fired. Whoa. And it was not fair. I didn't understand. It was the dumbest. I mean, I actually can't even tell you the reason. I don't know because I never got a phone call. I never got any sort of explanation. But I kid you not, it wasn't fair. But then I wouldn't be on Grownish right now. So again, like I said, rejection leads to opportunity. So I don't know what happened. I Okay, so that person doesn't work as hard. That lifestyle, whatever their choices are, is not my problem. And if I focus on that, on what isn't fair, then I'm not able to move on with my life. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have another opportunity. It just wasn't that one, which is mm. fine. And that's the hard part is accepting, okay, it's fine that I didn't I didn't get that one.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. And that seems to be a recurring theme in your life as well, of rejection and then opening.
1: Oh, that's the, the only thing this business is, is rejection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's more rejections than than positives. Yeah. I mean... I, you know, I've been doing this 13 years, and my resume, you know, I'm I'm grateful for it. But out of the what, let's say there's 10 things on my resume, I auditioned for thousands of them, and yes. I got nos, and I got yeah, te- you know, 10 yeses.
0: Yeah, it's such a numbers game. Uh, yeah, like success and failure and and breaking through is such a numbers game. Yeah, it's hard. It's not easy. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah. I remember I I before I ever made a video, I had this idea that. I wanted to share mindful messages, Mm -hmm. messages that were hopefully going to be empowering and positive and uplifting. And I was pitching it around to all these media companies because I never had any background in the media. Like No one in my family has ever worked in the media. I don't have any network that's ever worked in the media. I just don't know anyone growing up in London. All my family are like doctors Mm -hmm. or lawyers and dentists. And so I'm pitching this idea out. And literally 40 to 50 media companies just said, we're not interested because you have no media background. You have no journalism background. You know, you you've never made a video before in your life. Yeah. You know, despite my the fact that I'd studied and taught that for so long. Right. And and one thing I always say to people is, you just need one person to say yes, right? You just need one yes. Yeah. And we're so worried by like the thousand nos.
1: Yeah. It, Lady Gaga says that right now mm. all the time. She goes, a hundred people will say no to you. You just need that one yes. But also, mm. you need that work ethic to keep going so you can get that one yes. And that's what's hard. And then you got to sit back and realize. Why am I doing this? Is it because I want the notoriety for it, or is it because I want to help people? Because every job is to help somebody. Yes, it's not just for yourself. Obviously, there's reward to it. Like you know, for example, you know, for us, you know, we there are a lot of events and people that we get to meet. Those those are the rewards that we get for being doing what we do. But then there's also the other reward of being able to speak for those that can't speak for themselves. Yeah, and that's that where so you well. got to focus on.
0: Yeah, and you do that so well. Like, um, you using the platform to do that you. so much. To see more, visit cvshealth.com forward slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Whenever I travel, I feel like I become a new person. Like that time I explored the bustling streets of New York, I felt like I became Curious Jay, immersing myself in the vibrant culture and sampling exotic street food. And then there was that trip to the mountains where I transformed into Adventurous Jay, conquering hiking trails and embracing the breathtaking scenery. And let me tell you, Booking.com has been my go-to for all my adventures. Whether I'm exploring the bustling streets of New York or venturing into the serene mountains, Booking.com has a wide variety of options offering accommodations all across the US and all around the world that suit every kind of traveler. So when you're ready to plan your next trip and discover new sides of yourself, remember to book with Booking.com. Whether you're craving adventure in a cabin, a bit of luxury in a fancy hotel, some quality family time in a vacation rental, or just some chill vibes at a beachside resort, Booking.com has you covered. Ready to book your next adventure? Book whoever you want to be on Booking.com, booking.yeah I've got to say, herbs have been a game changer in my wellness routine, all thanks to my Indian upbringing. My mum was the one who got me started on them way back when. I've seen how they can do wonders for both body and the mind. One of my favorites is ashwagandha, which is an adaptogenic herb that helps reduce stress. I usually take it in the morning with my breakfast, and it helps me stay cool, calm, and collected throughout the day. Our sponsor, Nature's Way, has ashwagandha as well as herbs like St. John's Wort and Holy Basil that provide mood and stress support. They have over 50 years of experience sourcing herbs from all over the world in the continents and climates where they grow best. Nature's Way rigorously tests every batch of herbs for potency and purity in their state-of-the-art lab. To learn more, visit naturesway.com forward slash herbs. And use code J10 at checkout for 10% off any herbal supplements. Terms and conditions apply. Valid through June 30th. How did you do it though with the rejections? How do you do it in a way where you can observe and judge yourself so you know you need to change? Mm-hmm. Like Because when people when you're hearing no often, mm-hmm. there's one school of thought that's like, yeah, just keep going. But then there's the other script, of thought, like, am I getting no because I also need to grow? Yeah. Right. Am I hearing no because I also need to change or progress? Right. How have you factored that into your own work and career?
1: Um, a lot of honest people in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I was just ready to hear it um, and change and learn it and kind of talk about the pain I was going through. Um, when I first started working with my manager, he was very transparent with me on, you know, how people viewed me. And then I was very transparent with him. like, okay, so this is what I've been going through and this is why I was acting like this. And I'm not that person anymore. And, it, you know, my words can say it, but my actions will say something differently. And so um, now I just, you know, my no- the no's that I get, the rejection that I get, I'm like, I dissect it a little bit. It's like, well, let me get feedback. Oh, it was because of this. Okay, all right, cool. Then I'll know that for next time rather than just dwelling and being upset. Because some have been career changers for some people. Yeah. And I'm like, Mm, that <laughs> could have been me. Yeah, that right. could have been me. But I was too depressed, and honestly, I would if I would have gotten those jobs, that would have changed my career. I wouldn't be here today. Personally, I probably would have fallen off the deep end somehow because mm. I wasn't ready for it. And that's when I'm like, okay, God really knows when you're ready for something or not. Because yeah. I, yeah, some people get it and they're not ready for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's so much nicer when you can actually have your success when you're able to actually navigate it effectively. Yeah, Like exactly. to have it when you can really appreciate it, you can acknowledge it, you can experience it without sometimes externally having this success. Yeah. But then internally you're not even... You know, you're know, you not even actually processing any of that.
1: Right. I right? think it came to a point where it wasn't such a priority to me anymore. I remember my boyfriend makes fun of me now. But when we first met, I was like, work comes first. Work is number one. And then it's family. And then we'll fit you in there somewhere. Like I was so like, work, 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 work. And now I'm like, ah, you know what? I just want to be able to eat every day and save and have a home. That's all I care about. It's not even so much about getting a job or reaching the capacity I want to go to. It's just about being able to survive. Mm. And, um, because I've had changed my mentality, just all this work keeps coming, and it was I wasn't so focused on it mm. and to where I could appreciate it more and just kind of sit back and take my time with it.
0: Mm. that's such a beautiful place to be,
1: yeah, I mean, it again goes with relationships when you're not looking for it, it comes to you when you're not yes. looking for that job, somehow it comes to you, and my boyfriend's really big about that he he's very good about manifesting things, and then they just happen, and I'm mm. like, please teach me that gift, yeah, yeah. Like he just quit a job recently, and he was like, "I don't know what's going to happen." He's freelancing, and his phone hasn't stopped ringing. Yeah, and it's amazing to me.
0: Yeah, so like because so many people talk about manifesting as having a clear vision, knowing what you want, knowing, and and I have my own thoughts on this, but so many people talk about manifesting as having a clear vision. Whereas when you're talking about you actually saying when you're not chasing something, that's when people are attracting it. Yeah, how, how have you thought that whole philosophy through?
1: I think it, I, it boils down to faith, being mm-hmm. able to see the things that are not yet in front of you. So I'll go back to God. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, for those that are believers, it's like, you know, that God's always with you. You don't ever physically see him. You don't ever, you know, you don't have them by your side, but you know that it's there Mm
0: -hmm. and you know
1: that it's there. So even like when, when you have a dream in your heart, and I truly believe that God's not going to put a dream in your heart if it's not going to happen, but you have to go through the growth of it. And that's the part that like people don't want to do. Yeah, Uh, My pastor said this one time, he was like, In a crazy how one day you're like, all right, I'm going to follow God, and I've changed, and I'm a new person, and everything's going to be great. And that's when you go through the worst time of your life. You go through hell after you say yes, and you're mad. You're like, it's been a month, I go to church a week, every week, I pray, I read the Bible. Why is everything so bad? Yeah. And, you know, you talk. You, you, he talks about a puzzle and how you got to break the puzzle and then kind of put it back together. Mm. But it's like, you want God to fix everything in a week when you've been messing up your life for 25 years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you expect it to be just Instant. good right away. So I think it all just comes to faith and just having the faith that everything's going to fall in place the way that you're supposed to. So I think with um, manifesting, it's so much more of like just believing in it and yeah. letting it happen organically the way it's supposed to and not trying to force things. Because when you try to force something, that's when it's bad or wrong or you just feel terrible about yourself. Like when yeah. you try to force a relationship that you clearly know you're not supposed to be in and then you're depressed for five years. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I remember when I trained as a monk, so many of our teachings were in the same vein around it. When you pray for humility… Mm -hmm. Your ego gets crushed.
1: Yeah. So so
0: you're like, you're praying for humility. You're like, I want to be humble. I know that it's important to have humility and not have pride. And the next thing you know, like everyone's like blown up your comments. So, like, everyone's coming up to you and and your ego's getting crushed. Yeah. And so, when you're praying for strength, you're sent challenges. Yeah. Right. When you pray for strength, you have to be strengthened. And that's going to take challenges and going through pain. Or when you don't just get strength, you don't just one day wake up with more strength.
1: Or when you pray for patience. Yeah. And then your patience gets real really tested. tested. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. Just, yeah, blindly yeah. trusting that things are going to be okay. Just like we blindly trust an Uber driver to get us safe to our destination.
0: Yeah. I remember one of my friends actually told me once he was like, I don't pray for that stuff because I know it's going to bring me pain. <laughs> like, I know. He was like, I'm not even going to pray for patience. He was even like, pastors
1: say, don't yeah. pray for patience. That's yeah. the worst prayer you're going to give.
0: Yeah. All yeah, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Because you'd be, you'd be really pushed. Oh,
1: really, really pushed. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, the other side looks great. Yeah. <laughs> but everything takes time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and the beautiful thing about getting that ability or that characteristic or that quality or whatever we want to call it, that virtue, is that it stays with you. Yeah. And you now have that in your toolkit. Yeah. Like once you've experienced patience or lived with patience, mm-hmm. you can now use that again in the future. Yeah. It's not like you lose it.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I value more is grace. Mm-hmm. Once I understood grace, I've definitely had a lot more patience with people because I understand grace. And I'm glad that I went through the struggle of understanding what grace really was. So I can actually walk the way that I have been walking just from understanding that.
0: Can you define and share your understanding of grace for anyone who, who doesn't? Oh, God, it's so that?
1: hard to yeah. def- define it. I get that. Um, I think just having a patience with people. Like, for example, there are so many mistakes that I've made in my life as we all have growing pains or whatever. And God had the grace to still love me through it. And take me to the side. I know there's so many people are like, I can't walk in church until I'm good with God because if I walk in there, I'm going to turn into flames. I'm like, no, that's like the best time to actually walk into church. And that's when the angels are like, hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> um And I think when I encounter people that probably don't have the best spirit or the best attitude, I just have a grace for them because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I don't know the pain that they're going through. I don't know the darkness that they're in. It might look good on the outside, but something might be going on the inside. And I just, I'm just a little more patient and just like, mm. okay. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people do press my buttons and I do snap. I am human, but um, I'm very good about going back and be like, yo, what's going on? Because I didn't like the re- way I reacted to this. And I reacted to this because you pushed me this way. But like, yeah. it's, I'm sure something deeper is going on.
0: Yeah. No, it's beautiful. Well explained. Yeah. Yeah. And we've always called it causeless mercy. Yeah. Mercy and like, yeah. sometimes it's causeless. Like you're feeling that love and kind and support and then you start seeing it in the tough times yeah and you start seeing it even through
1: yeah you see yourself
0: being held when you're like oh my god i can't see anything right now
1: yeah exactly i mean this is so silly but i watch wrestling okay. wwe and a wrestler um no way still yes yeah, still. i love it well there was a wrestler that every time he came out on stage he got booed he got booed and people were mad because he didn't do a lot of stuff outside of uh, outside of the ring, like um, interviews or meet and greets. He didn't do anything, and he just came out in the ring um, about a month ago now. And he said, "I've been battling leukemia for the last eleven years, oh, wow. and I it's back, and I can't fight anymore." So he has to go get treatment again. And it really just told me and showed me like you don't know what people are going through. Mm. So you're he's getting booed on stage. And people are saying he's the worst champion. I don't understand why he's where he's at. But it's like, I think his name is Roman Reigns. I think he just had a deeper understanding of what life really meant. And yeah. he when he wasn't in the ring, he wanted to spend time with his family instead of trying to grow his fame even more than what it already was. Yeah. And it, it that put it more into perspective again. Like some everyone is going through something. You just don't know what it is. And then yeah. it came to that where people were like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know.
0: Yeah, exactly. And even the other side, like I have a... I have a father figure and a spiritual mentor back in Mm -hmm. London who has been giving himself, like a pastor, like giving himself to people his whole life, like serving the community and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And recently he got diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. Oh, wow. And it was just like, he never, ever showed that he was struggling because he was able to like wake up early and serve his whole life and give himself. And it's almost like a lot of people took that for granted as well and kind of overused it sometimes. You know what I mean? Like when someone's really compassionate and kind and you're just like, oh yeah, they're like Superman. Like it's like no one ever loves Superman or cares for Superman or Batman or Wonder Woman or whatever it is. Like that person is almost just living for others. Yeah. But everyone as humans has a limit. Yeah. And, and, And
1: then people get mad at him.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, when I got back from life size, one of my castmates went through that. He had a conversation with me a few weeks ago and he was like, you know, I was really upset because I had a hard time when I came home. We, were, You know, we were filming in Atlanta for a month and we had a consistent job every day. I was fortunate enough and I'm grateful. And this is the first time this has happened to me in 13 years where when I got back home, I had another job, but most of my castmates had to start auditioning again and were auditioning while we were filming. So it's not even like you can enjoy a job. You have to already think, okay, what am I going to do after this? So he was like, you know, I went through kind of a depression a little bit, and I was really upset that my friends didn't reach out to me Mm -hmm. and didn't check on me to say, are you okay? How are you feeling? And, you know, I have sort of a resentment. And I said to him, I'm like, are they actors? Because they're probably trying to figure out their own life right now. You just got back from a job. They weren't working that whole time. So instead of being frustrated, just – Ask them. Are you okay? This is how you usually act towards me. You're, I'm not getting that from you. What's going on? And yeah. in, you know, he didn't think about it that way, mm. which we all do. We're so used yeah. to. Even me, like sometimes I don't hear from my pastor. Not understanding that. Oh, he has to help run a church. I'm not his only priority. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone's going through stuff, and he has two kids. You know. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, and I always remind people, I'm just like, you know, if you're struggling to see the support from others, just realize that most of those people can't support themselves. Exactly. And like just taking care of yourself is such hard work. Such hard work, yeah. And and yeah, just recognizing everyone has limits, everyone has boundaries. And
1: sometimes you support so many other people that you don't yes. find the time for yourself. And then you're you're running on on empty.
0: Yeah, and then you have nothing to give. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, super important. Okay, I'm gonna ask you. My last five big questions. Okay. Uh, oh no, it's not, it's not <laughs> scary. It's just last five minutes, last five questions. I always do in every episode. Okay. Of every podcast, I want to ask you: What's the m- most meaningful thing you're working on in 2019?
1: Mendes versus Westminster.
0: Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And we're going to see it in 2019, or no? We're not going to. see No, it probably for a while. not. Yeah, probably exactly. Not. Yeah,
1: cool. I, I, I'm really focusing on finding the right writer to write the script because I really want
0: it true, hmm. true to the story. What are you doing for the most fun in 2019?
1: The most fun in 2019? Well, I just moved in with my boyfriend. So that's Congrats. just a f- new chapter that I think will be really fun in decorating our house.
0: Oh, very exciting. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to do some tips on where to shop.
1: Yeah, well, I'm looking at all of your stuff like, <laughs> oh, this is
0: cute. This is great. Nice. I'm glad. That makes me feel better.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot more traveling. I haven't traveled at all.
0: Oh, not anywhere specific?
1: Um, we really want to go to Thailand. We talked about India.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, we should go together.
1: I would love that. That would be amazing. You would be the best tour guide. That would be amazing. We oh, should, I'm yeah. going to tell him. We should
0: talk about that. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, this actually brings up another topic, which I know we have five minutes, but. No, no, um, no.
0: We don't have. We've got loads of time. Okay. Have you got well, one to talk about? Go for it. I don't even want to find it. I was, um, <sighs> we've got loads of time. Oh, we've got. Time. I just okay. want to get you out on time. Okay. I've got time.
1: Um, yeah. 2019, we want to travel more. Um, I'm 30 years old and I have not traveled much. And I'm embarrassed to say that because I was. I suffer from FOMO, fear of missing out. And I was too scared to leave town because I was scared of missing out on an audition. I was scared of missing out on a possible job or what if or a party or this gathering. And I really and I'm, I'm sad because I'm 30 and I haven't done anything. I'm like, I have nothing to talk about. And then sometimes I'll do interviews. I'll be like, what's your favorite place to travel to? And I don't have one. If I've traveled, it's for work. So I'm really um, 2019. I'm looking forward to like saying, okay I'm, I'm I'm going to travel, and this is this is what I'm doing. And I know there's certain actors that have missed out on really big movie roles because they traveled. But I'm, I think they're grateful that they took the time for themselves rather than you know getting that job job opportunity, which is a career changer. But they also have other opportunities to have career changers.
0: Yeah, and you're not old. I'm not.
1: So, I'm not. Exactly. But I also I hate that I haven't traveled. Like I've yeah. had the means to, and I just haven't.
0: But it's great. Now you're just going to make up for it. Yeah. Now you're going to make up Yeah, And
1: I have someone to do it with. I have a travel buddy now.
0: Which is is a beautiful thing to have. Yeah. Like, as in, it's exciting that all those, I don't know before, but all those times when you could have traveled, it's kind of more meaningful now.
1: It is more meaningful now. But even before, I was so jealous. Some friends would go to Hawaii by themselves just Mm. to do yoga. And I was like, oh, I wish I could. I just could never leave. And I was just so used to being stuck in my bubble. I think part of it was my childhood because my dad didn't let us do anything. Mm. So we were just... Stuck in our house, and I think I, it, breaking free from that was really hard for me. Like, I can't sleep over people's houses. I was never allowed to do any sleepovers, so I, I'm like, no, I'll drive home, I'll Uber, it's fine. I, I have to be in my bed.
0: Oh wow, yeah. So we going to break that one. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I,
1: I like my bed. <laughs> that one you like? That one you yeah. like?
0: Someone's gonna have to like transfer your bed. Yeah, to their I can't
1: sleep over anyone's wow. house. Yeah.
0: Cool. Okay. Nice. Okay. Third, third big question was around. Uh, so we asked you the most meaningful, the most fun. The third one, I was actually going to ask you earlier, you mentioned a book. Do you read a lot?
1: Uh, I try to. I haven't read as much as I've been wanting to because I mostly read scripts.
0: Mm, My
1: course. favorite book right now is called uh, Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. It's a Christian book. Right. I've read that one four times. Wow. Life-changing.
0: Redeeming Love? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: It's about a story in the Bible. Um, and it's, oh gosh, I can't remember their characters. I remember their book characters, not in the Bible, but remember about the um, guy, God told to marry a prostitute. Mm -hmm. It's that story, but told from her perspective. And I've gotten four different messages from it because of each time that I've read it. At first, the first time I read it because I was in such a broken place, I thought it was a love story um, between the two people. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. They fell in love, all this stuff. And then the second time I read it, I was like, oh, this is a love story between her and God, not him. He was just the vehicle in order to get her in a relationship with God, which— I, I mean, I threw the book. I was like, whoa. And then the third time I read it, there's a s- small part in the book, and I threw it again. <laughs> where um, <laughs> This
0: book's in bad condition. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it is. Um, where um, one of the characters was asking her, the lead character, her name is Angel, did you know you could say no? Mm-hmm. I threw the book. Because I was like, wow, it really... She had a choice to say no, but she didn't know how to. And it was just... It, I learned a lot from it and it helped me grow a lot as a Christian reading Mm -hmm. this book and as a woman.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And and fourth question, before we get to the fifth, the fourth question, 13 years in the industry, all of this experience, seeing your family, your father. What's your advice to young creatives, young artists, actors, actresses, musicians?
1: Uh, Get used to the word no and be okay with it. It's a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work, and I think just enjoy the process of it. It's not easy. You're gonna have times where you're the lead of a TV show, and then you don't work for four years. And don't make it your be all end all game. Have a hobby, have other things going on. One thing that I wish I did and I didn't do, and it's still like, you know, something I wanna do is I didn't go to college because I didn't think I needed to. And um, I let an ex tell me that I shouldn't because why do you need college? It's stupid. Um, you're going to be an actress anywhere. Or you're working as an actress. And so I wish I had other things to fall back on. Like there are other things that I'm very interested in. And, I, you know, I put a lot of my energy in it, which helps me kind of better myself as an artist. So um, have other hobbies. Be okay with no and Always study. Rita Moreno told me, stay in school acting school she goes i still go to acting school she's in her 80s you like always study your craft just like a doctor you want them to study medicine every day and be up to game you should study your your craft mm. just as much
0: yeah because you're dealing with lives too
1: yeah exactly i mean literally you have to really understand human behavior in order to do what we do yeah which you have to really open up your emotions and be vulnerable because the only reason i can cry and cue is because i've literally tapped into the pain that i've gone through and i've used it in my art which mm. is painful
0: i love that you said that because I, I studied human behavior at business school behavioral science was what i focused on and and all of my content all of my videos is made from that perspective like yeah. that's exactly what mm-hmm. i'm trying to tap into whenever i'm making any of in much smaller way than you are but in any content that i'm making that's always my goal to really understand people yeah absolutely yeah you have and to fifth question what did we not talk about that you wish we did that we can talk about next time
1: Life Size Two. Uh,
0: yes. Wait, when is this coming Let's out? Coming out now. Yeah. A, this comes out like February, March.
1: Oh, well, it already aired. So, Life yeah. Size Two. Um, I was able to work with Tyra Banks, who I've admired since I was a little girl, on one of my favorite childhood movies. So, check that out.
0: Let's um, talk about it. Let's talk about it. We've got a bit of time. What time have we got? Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, we got yeah. a little bit of time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, I guess. Tyra was really looking for this character for a really long time. A lot of people like to say that I replaced Lindsay Lohan. I did not replace her. This is a brand new character. Since airing in February. I can talk about it. Um, It's known that Eve is a doll and there's a doll for everyone and there's a serial number that's under her foot. So this is a new Eve doll that comes into my life, a broken young woman who kind of just needs that push to grow up and be herself and you know, go through that pain and kind of grow out of it. And Eve helps her through that. And I was very honored that Tyra came across my tape somehow. Like, I didn't audition for it. And mind you, I talked about wanting to do a movie before shooting season two of Grownish. And I got a phone call randomly one day as I'm getting my nails done. Like, hey, Life Size 2, are you interested? I was like, what? They're doing another one? One, I was excited. But two, I was like, what part? And it was the lead with Tyra Banks. I was like, What? What is my life right now? Are you joking me? I would have never thought when I was 12 years old watching this movie. So it was really fun working with her and getting to know her and and just being in Atlanta and now being part of my favorite childhood movies. It's crazy to me.
0: Amazing. Huge fan. And also, it's the beauty of everything we just talked about now, like full circle. It, yeah. You weren't looking for it. You didn't audition for it.
1: No, it, I wasn't looking for it at all. Mm. And it's crazy because one of our producers worked on Dear White People. She, was, she is one of the producers of Dear White People, and I shot about three episodes. And the very first director I worked with on Dear White People, his name is Steven Sashida. I remember our first day, he just has amazing energy. I was like, you're like one of my favorite people. And my castmates made me feel like I was so weird for saying that. And it was just like too much too soon. And then he was a director on Grownish and then he directed Life Size 2. And I was like, I knew it! Like there was something there and everyone thought it was weird, but I just knew that there was like, he was just so special.
0: Yeah, amazing. I met Tara for the first time recently. Oh,
1: really? Where? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We, I was at this Continuum conference, which uh-huh. was a, a social media creator and influencer conference. Uh, just a small collection of us. And she was invited and she keynoted. And, and oh, she's amazing, is not she? She's got an incredible presence. Mm-hmm. And I think we forget how huge... Her, like she just has an understanding and, and knowledge on so many different things. Yeah. Like she, she's so much.
1: She works really hard and all her success is so well deserved and earned. She's very plugged into everything. She was so plugged into our movie and yeah. really wanting it to, well, because I'm, I'm an old fan. Um, I grew up yeah. with it. So she really wanted to cater to us OG fans and I really appreciated that.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Well, all the success for that. I'm so excited for her as well. And
1: Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'm not so focused on like… I want to do this. I want to do that. I know where I want to go, and I know where I want to be, and I'm just kind of letting God take the ride for it. So, did I, did I know I was going to be a voice for the uh, Latin community? No, never in the never thought. But you know, that's the, where I'm heading, mm. and I've been very passionate about it. And I, I really, I really like it.
0: Amazing! I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is fun. You're the best. I know so much, fun yeah. and Your energy is awesome, and oh, I'm excited. You. I always feel like these interviews are great because even if I've never spoken to someone, you get to learn about each other so quickly in such yeah. like a short period of time. But I'm excited to continue our friendship.
1: Yeah, same. Excited to
0: meet Christian, and yeah. just so grateful that you came. Thank you so much. I'm
1: excited to do yoga with yeah. your wife. Yes, and yes. kickboxing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But thank you so much. No, for thank you. This, Honestly, is so this is thank great. This is great. All right. Yes. Thanks. Amazing. Guys. Thank you so much for listening through to the end of that episode. I hope you're gonna share this all across social media. Let people know that you're subscribed to On Purpose. Let me know, post it. Tell me what a difference it's making in your life. I would love to see your thoughts. I can't wait for this incredibly conscious community we're creating of purposeful people. You're now a part of the tribe, a part of the squad. Thank you for being here, I can't wait to share the next episode with you. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health and Atna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. I'm a huge planner. So whenever my wife, Radhi and I would go on our adventures,